listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McKenzie, homeschooling mama of six and author of The Read Aloud Family and Teaching from Rest. As parents, we're overwhelmed with a lot to do. It feels like every child needs something different. The good news is you are the best person to help your kids learn and grow, and home is the best place to fall in love with books. This podcast has been downloaded 7 million times in over 160 countries. So if you want to nurture warm relationships while also raising kids who love to read, you're in good company. We'll help your kids fall in love with books and we'll help you fall in love with homeschooling. Let's get started. This is an episode I've been meaning to record for some time. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Why is that? Well, it feels foundational, really, really important. Research shows that reading aloud makes a huge impact on our kids. And frankly, I wanted to get this episode right. So here at Read Aloud Revival, we are often asked for a quick resource, you know, a PDF or an episode that you can send to your friends, family, your kids' teachers, doctors, anyone who works with or influences children, to a quick explanation of just why we ought to be reading aloud to our kids, our little ones, of course, but also why we ought to be reading aloud to our kids who are quite capable of reading on their own. In fact, here at Read Aloud Revival, we are huge advocates of reading aloud to your older kids and teens. I still read to my oldest, who happens to be 18 and heading off to college just weeks from when this podcast airs. Well, in this episode, we're going to focus on the impact reading aloud makes in the lives of our kids. And yes, we also made a one-page simple PDF that you can distribute as widely as you'd like that lists these benefits of reading aloud. You can grab it, make copies of it, distribute it at your local library, doctor's offices, schools, send it out to friends. It's at readaloudrevival.com slash Y, W-H-Y. And it's a quick resource that will help the people in your life know why we should be reading aloud with our kids. Again, that's readaloudrevival.com com slash why. So what are the benefits of reading aloud? The Center for Teaching at the University of Iowa lists both evidence-based and anecdotal benefits in a PDF we're going to link to in the show notes at readaloudrevival.com slash why. On today's show, though, I want to focus particularly closely on five of those benefits. Number one, reading aloud develops bigger picture perspective and empathy. Number two, reading aloud improves academic performance, vocabulary, and information processing skills. Number three, reading aloud models fluency and expression. Number four, reading aloud builds community. And number five, reading aloud slows down and enriches time. Let's approach each of those benefits now. Number one, reading aloud develops bigger picture perspective and empathy. Listen, every story you've ever heard is about a character who needs something and wants something, and they have to overcome obstacles, both internal and external, to get it. That's what a story is. It's a character on a journey of transformation. And every time your child hears a story, or reads one on their own for that matter, 
they're stepping in the shoes of another and walking a mile in those shoes. Books are different than movies or even the real flesh and blood people in our lives because in books, we get into the mind of the character. We're privy to their thoughts. That's not something we usually get in other forms of storytelling like movies or plays or TV shows. It's certainly not something we're privy to in our real life relationships. But when we read a story, we really do get to slip on the shoes of someone who's living a life different than our own, sometimes very different, and we get to see the world from their point of view. Keith Oatley, a cognitive psychologist at the University of Toronto, helped conduct a study which showed that reading fictional stories increases the reader's empathetic response to people in their real life. In fact, researchers at Carnegie Mellon University found that reading a story gives the brain similar network connections as actually living through the experience yourself. So, vicarious reading isn't as vicarious as we might have previously thought. In her excellent article, Mirrors, Windows, and Sliding Glass Doors, Rudine Sims Bishop explained the phenomenon that happens when we read. According to Bishop, books can function as windows, quote, offering views of worlds that may be real or imagined, familiar or strange. Sometimes books are mirrors that quote, transform the human experience and reflect it back to us. And at other times, there are sliding glass doors in which readers, quote, have only to walk through in imagination to become a part of whatever world has been created or recreated by the author. We want our children to know without a doubt that people are people, whether or not they look like us, talk like us, or act like us. And that every last person on this earth deserves to be loved because each and every one of us is made in the image and likeness of God. Windows, mirrors, sliding glass doors. It's why Britain's former children's laureate, Chris Riddell, said, A good book is an empathy machine. When we read aloud with our children, we give them an education of the heart and the mind. We read together because stories teach us how to love. Benefit number two is that reading aloud improves academic performance, vocabulary, and information processing skills. Educational experts are constantly on the lookout for what could potentially give our kids better academic results. Smaller class sizes, continuing education for teachers, longer school days, shorter school days, bigger budgets, Eh, maybe. But one thing we know for sure, reading aloud makes a tremendous difference here, and it doesn't cost a thing. Dr. Joseph Price, whom I interviewed on episode 33 of this podcast, is an associate professor at Brigham Young University who specializes in economics of family and education. His research demonstrates that one extra day per week of parent-child read-aloud sessions during the first 10 years of a child's life increases standardized test scores by half a standard deviation. Now, that's hard for us to wrap our minds around because what does half a standard deviation even mean? A lot, Dr. Price told me in that episode. A whole, whole lot. Think 
15 to 30 percentile points. In the Read Aloud Handbook, Jim Trelease suggests that the academic benefits alone of reading aloud are so great, if someone invented a pill to deliver those same benefits, there would be a line for miles and miles to get it. The 1985 Commission on Reading, after all, stated that the single most important activity for building the knowledge required for eventual success in reading is reading aloud to children. The single most important activity. This is huge. Reading aloud is free, and it doesn't even need to take all that much time day to day. If you were to read aloud for about 35 minutes per week, you'd end up reading 30 hours over the course of a year. And that will make a significant difference long-term. Jim Trelease also described in his book the results of research conducted by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which showed that the more children are read to, the higher their test scores are, sometimes by as much as half a year's schooling. He then goes on to say that reading aloud has proven to be so powerful in increasing a child's academic success that it's far more effective than expensive tutoring or even private education. Benefit number three is reading aloud models fluency and expression. When our kids listen to us reading aloud, or when they listen to an audiobook, they get not only the language that they'd see if they were reading the words from a page themselves, but they also hear how that language sounds, the rhythm, the cadence, the intonation. Not only are we decoding the words for the kids who are listening, but we pause at commas and periods just naturally. Our voices go up a bit when we get to a question mark, and we add emphasis for exclamation points. Andrew Putua from the Institute for Excellence in Writing points out that there is no other place where children get grammatically correct and sophisticated language patterns other than listening to books. They don't get grammatically correct, sophisticated language patterns from TV or social media. They don't get them from their friends. They don't even get these patterns in conversation with adults because we don't speak with sophisticated language patterns most of the time. They don't usually even get them from books. When a child reads a book with their eyes, they skip stuff. They skip words they don't recognize. They fill in. They skip all those small connector words. This is why it's faster to read a page of text silently to yourself than it is to read it aloud. What that means, though, is that our kids aren't getting grammatically correct, sophisticated language patterns stored in their brains. Those patterns need to come in through the ear. Because when we read aloud, we don't skip stuff. All those language patterns come in orally through our ear, word by word, in order. In episode 130 of this podcast, Megan Cox Gurdon reminded us that a child's receptive vocabulary, what he understands, may be as many as three years ahead of his expressive vocabulary, what he can say. In fact, a child's reading level doesn't typically catch up to his listening level until about the eighth grade. That means we can read aloud to our kids books that are substantially more complex and rich in beautiful language and those sophisticated language patterns than they could read on their own. 
In her book, The Enchanted Hour, The Miraculous Power of Reading Aloud in an Age of Distraction, which I highly recommend, Megan Cox Gurdon writes, quote, An adult reading aloud does far more than impart a story. He or she also shows by tone of voice, phrasing, and pronunciation how complicated sentences can be tackled, subdued, and enjoyed. And while all that is happening, the child is soaking up fresh ideas and unfamiliar words. Benefit number four, reading aloud builds community. If you're feeling frustrated or at odds with your kids, try reading aloud. The magic of it is that when you're reading that story, you're rooting for the same character. You're hoping for the same victory, holding your breath, crying, laughing out loud, worried about the same villain. You are, in other words, reminded that you're on the same team. You're reminded that you have more in common than otherwise. That's something we all can probably use as a reminder in parenting or teaching or otherwise hanging out with the kids in our lives. The discussions that stem from stories being shared together can be just as enriching and important. We grow closer to those we have shared experiences with, after all. And when we've read a story together, we've walked that whole mile in the shoes of another, right? And we've done it together, with each other. Now we have another shared experience to draw from, another connective tie to one another. This is why in her book, Megan Cox Gurdon quotes Susan Pinker. Here's the quote. A tsunami of neurochemical benefits gets unleashed when a parent and child cuddle over a book. Stress and anxiety downshift for starters. As soon as the parent puts his or her arms around the child, hormones flood their bloodstreams, relaxing them and engendering mutual trust. End quote. Maybe the simplest way to say this is, when we read together, we like each other more. And that seems reason enough to me. Benefit number five, reading aloud slows down and enriches time. Can we talk for just a moment about the supreme gift reading aloud gives us in this area of slowing down and enriching time? Going back to that PDF from the Center for Teaching at the University of Iowa that I mentioned at the top of the episode, here's a quote. In a world of sound bites and half-formed ideas expressed quickly in electronic formats, students benefit from hearing complete ideas expressed with originality and attention, such as one finds in literary language. End quote. Well, not only that, but reading aloud requires that we be present with our kids, not just physically present, but really present, right? It's an act of love to read to another person because by doing it, we're saying, you know what matters right now, kid? You. Spending time with you. So reading aloud develops bigger picture empathy and perspective in our kids. It improves academic performance, vocabulary, and information processing skills. It models fluency and expression, builds community, and slows down and enriches time. 
according to the Scholastic Kids and Family Reading Report. And we talked about this report more in depth with Vice President at Scholastic Andrea Davis Pinckney in episode 77. The older kids are, the less likely it is for parents to read aloud with them. The report says, in fact, when asked why read aloud decreases or stops, parents most commonly cite the fact that their children can read on their own. But let's think about the benefits we've talked about. Bigger picture perspective and empathy. Improved vocabulary and information processing skills. Modeling fluency and expression. Building community, slowing down and enriching time. Are any of these rendered unnecessary as our kids get older? Might we even have an argument that as our kids enter their teens, all of these skills and abilities become more urgent and important than ever? Can you think of another way that all of this can be done with nothing more than a library card in 10 or 15 minutes of time that would make this kind of significant impact on the lives of our kids? In an article on Brightly that I'll link to in the show notes, Melissa Taylor mentions that only 17% of parents of kids age 9 to 11 read aloud to their children, though 83% of kids ages 6 to 17 say being read to is something they either loved or liked a lot. Our kids want to be read to, and we want all the benefits for them that reading aloud offers. So why read aloud? Well, why ever not? With nothing to lose and so very much to gain, I can't think of a better way to spend our time. If you'd like a one-page PDF that bullet points these benefits of reading aloud to kids of all ages, go to readaloudrevival.com slash Y, W-H-Y. You have permission to make copies and distribute it widely. If you're looking for a good recommendation for what to read aloud, get a custom book recommendation just for you by going to readaloudrevival.com slash quiz or by texting the word quiz to the number 33777. You'll tell me the ages of the kids you're reading to, what kind of book you're in the mood for, and whether you want a longer book or a quick win. And I'll suggest two titles that would make excellent read-alouds. It takes two minutes. It's so much fun. That's at readaloudrevival.com slash quiz, or just text quiz to 33777. <music> Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. I love this part of the podcast because kids share the books that they've been loving lately. Hi, I'm Haley Bishrod. I'm 10 and a half, and my favorite book is The Prince Warrior Saga and The Time Castaways. My, um, the Prince Warrior Saga is a Christian allegory. Hi, I'm Reese. I'm from Midlothian, Virginia. I'm eight years old, and my favorite book is Warrior Cats because there's lots of battles, and it's very interesting to read. Hi, my name is Daphne. My favorite book, I'm six years old, and my favorite book is The Nest for Celeste. I'm Gwyneth, and, and how old I am is four, and my favorite book is Goodnight Moon. And we uh, um, live in Virginia. Hi, my name is Caroline, 
Nova, and I'm nine years old, and I live in Missouri, and my favorite book is Dark Diaries because I like the characters. Bye. Hi, my name is Clara, and I, I am nine, and I live in Missouri, and my favorite book is The Wayside School Books because I like all the funny characters and what the funny characters do. Hello, my name is Caleb. I'm I'm 10 and I'm from Missouri and my favorite books are Dirt, Minecraft Diaries, Zombie Diaries and Henry Huggins. And because um on Henry Huggins, it's about a dog who runs away, but then he finds Henry Huggins back and the dog's name is Ribsy and they're funny and and, and they're always happy. My name is Jasper Yovad, and, and I'm four, and my favorite breakfast is pancakes. And, and I love goodnight, goodnight, shops inside, because they work super-duper hard that they built a new world or a new castle. My name is Willa Mina Novak. I'm six years old. My favorite book is Jesse Bear What's the Aware? Because um, whenever it arrives, it gets starting to Jesse Bear What's the Aware in the morning. A shirt of red pulled over my head in the morning. And then when he comes out of the door, he says, I'm wearing my pants. Pants that dance in the morning. My name is Becca. I'm 12 years old, and I live in Eastern Oregon. And my favorite books are is the Fable Haven series by Brandon Mole because they have so much action, and I just really like them. Awesome. Thank you so much, kids. I love hearing about the books that you are enjoying. And thank you, listeners, for tuning into this podcast. There is a simple one-page PDF that puts these in bullet points. You can share them with anybody who influences children, anyone who you think would benefit from knowing that kids who can read on their own still should be read aloud to. You can also find a whole transcript of this episode and some other helpful resources at readaloudrevival.com slash why. W-H-Y. As always, I'll be back in two weeks with another episode for you. I guess after this one in particular, we all know what to do now. (laughs) Let's go read to our kids.